Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of the Mindfully Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Steven, and... This is Ryan. And... This is the first week of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we kind of took a bit longer than we had planned, but we're here now. Yeah, we were kind of trying to envision, like, where we wanted to take the podcast and kind of, like, what our overall plan was for it. And that kind of resulted in a small break, um, but now we're here and we're coming back totally refreshed and um, with a different mindset going into it. A better schedule. We're going to start doing it in the morning. Um, that was actually my idea because I had the idea that in the morning it would probably be easier mm-hmm. to do a podcast based just on how my brain works and the fact that I feel much more attention-focused in the morning and yeah. plus i can have a coffee like while we drink or while we do the podcast yeah because that, that was a big thing that we would always end up doing it at like 8 or 9 p.m sometimes even later like 10 and i feel like we'll have more interesting kind of ideas and i mean we're just gonna be way more awake yeah i mean even just starting off this podcast comparative to our last couple podcasts mm-hmm. i can tell like i am much more fluid and i feel like even just a couple sentences that i've um said i feel a little bit more of a flow mm-hmm. i don't feel like i'm kind of reaching for any thoughts yeah. i feel like it's kind of coming to me and i'm speaking it instead of like kind of being a little tired like kind of on the verge of like going to bed plus i had worked out probably and like right. you know, you're just in a different mindset um so yeah, yeah totally. it feels good yeah for me too because it was always right after a long day of work and Today it's in the morning. I haven't done anything, so yeah, it feels feels pretty good. So how have you been, bro? Bro, I've been good. Pretty much doing the same thing as you lately. Um, yeah. So me and Steven have been doing um, ice plunges like a couple times a week, and those have been pretty intense, but awesome. Yeah, yeah. I got. Uh, I think it's been about two weeks now. I got something called an ice barrel that it's a way to do cold plunges more efficiently you kind of still have to climb in but um it preserves the water longer so you don't have to waste a ton of water and it keeps the water cool um if it's relatively cold outside uh so yeah we've done i think like three or four three maybe we've only done two two yeah oh shit now that yeah we haven't even had it for two weeks yeah yeah, but it's been good. It's definitely a challenge, and we're kind of messing around with how much ice and how long to stay in. Um, we did, like, 30 pounds the first time, and the second time we did 40, I think. Yeah, we uh, yeah first time. Okay, so the first time we did 21 pounds because we did three bags of seven pounds, seven-pound bags, three seven-pound bags, and then the second time did we do – we did – okay, so we started off – we were gonna do we did six bags, four, three bags of ten pounds. So we do thirty pounds. Uh huh. But I think the water that was in there was like the that it had sat overnight. It was kind of warm, so it, it wasn't yeah. that cold. Um. So we went back to the store and we grabbed six seven pound bags, <laughs> which how much is that? What's six times seven? Forty. Damn. Is it? Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> six times six. It's forty. Forty two. Yeah, forty sure gotcha god damn bro i haven't gone through time set no yeah yeah 
This is embarrassing. Yeah, it's, no, no, it's, it's 42, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dang, okay. Yeah, 42. So almost like pretty much double the what we did the first time. And, dude, when we first put that ice in there, it was extremely cold. It was freezing. We still don't have, a, like, a, a thermostat, I was going to say, a thermometer to measure what it's at. But, I mean, I'm guessing that was below 40. Yeah, I think so. Well, like, it didn't feel as bad once it, like, stirred in and it got, like, dispersed to the bottom. Mm-hmm. But when I first initially put my hand in there, I was like, dude, there's no way I'm putting my whole body in this shit. It feels insane when you put your head under, like, towards the end. That's Dude, probably one that's of my the best. Things. That's the best part, yeah, I think. Like, I don't think you ever... I mean, it, it sounds really crazy uh, if you've never done it, but, like, the way I would describe it is that you've never felt more alive in your, like, entire life than, like, right when you're about to get out. Um, yeah, when your head's under, dude, it's like time just slows down. Dude, it's like a second is actually ten seconds. Yeah. I, I remember like the though. first time... Um, like, I went under, I felt like I was under for maybe three or four seconds, and it probably wasn't even one. Literally. I was like, damn, my head didn't even fully go in. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed such a benefit from doing them. You know what I've, the biggest, like, difference I've noticed is, like, the feeling of being the observer of everything. Of what's happening to you? Yeah. I think that it has really turned that notch of my, like, growth process up a lot because I remember the first time we did it, it was really good. But the second time we did it, I did it for longer. And I just had this feeling, like, I saw, like, my thoughts and, like, my mind, like, panic right when I got in. Mm -hmm. But I knew that the panic wouldn't be good. And if I started moving around, it would just make it 10 times more difficult. Right. And it gave me this really introspective idea that that is, like, how it's always happening. Like, that's what's always happening. Right. And when I just stood calm and, like, just watched everything float by, it felt the most... um, I just felt the best. Like, Mm -hmm. I felt so much... Like, I felt somewhat free of thought. Right. For that moment, or like free of attachment to thought, like I completely, like yeah. I, I like, like my mind sank down, and my like actual awareness was the 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 front of my life. Yeah, that's why I really like how Wim Hof says that the cold is the best teacher because it automatically makes you focus on your breathing. Because if not, like you said, you'll just freak out and want to get out. And yeah, it's kind of crazy how it it can help you so much for your mental well-being on top of all the physical benefits like the anti-inflammatory properties how it builds your immune system like it almost seems like it does too many things to be real yeah it's really as simple as getting in a cold shower or, or an ice bath or a cryo or whatever but yeah the um the benefits are just they're almost too many to list yeah it's just like um you, it just feels kind of like a cheat code of life. That and the breathing method, like, I truly... it's Those are the two things where I felt, like, the deepest, most, like, noticeable difference, the quickest, is the yes. breathing method. The breathing method, for sure, is the number one thing that I've felt like I've gone deeper into an awareness than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the plunge is just, like, it took me to that next level. 
Right. Yeah, doing those two combined, I mean, if you did that every day, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, the ice bath and the breathing. I would like to get to that. Um, but it's just having all the ice all the time. But Yeah. I feel, do you feel like after now, like, purchasing the ice barrel, mm-hmm. do you feel kind of like... I don't know, because I, I was thinking about getting one, mm-hmm. but then I saw, like, I was kind of upset that yours wasn't, like, retaining the cold water. It won't almost ever until it gets freezing outside. Yeah, and I feel like in Vegas, do you think that that would be something that you would, like, recommend to somebody? I think I still would, because the alternative is either your uh, bathtub, uh, which could work, but I still think for, um, like, preserving water, I think it's still better to reuse it a few times because it's so many gallons and the other alternative would be getting the actual um ice bath that has a filter and it controls the temperature the whole time but those are 20 to thirty thousand. so yeah that those, those are, are really like the only pay- options that's like a car payment pretty much yeah and then the other thing would be if you could get access to a cryotherapy place um and do that but that's pretty expensive because it runs about fifty dollars each time you do it for a three minute session and if you have a membership it's i don't know maybe a few hundred a month i've still never done that really cryo i really want to try it though i mean we could i'm always down to try the anything um i want to do cupping i want to do all that shit i'm doing that soon again i could send you the girl i go to but we should go Uh, together the same time get cupped at the same time (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude it really helped i had a uh, pain in my left shoulder um and i was like kind of getting ahead and thinking what it could be and normally it could be like a tight lat or a peg and when she went when she does the cupping the areas with the most tension get the darkest when the cup is removed because you have more I mean, to be honest, I don't know what it, I think it's just tension because I don't know how else you would have more of like a bruising. Yeah. But yeah, no, after it, like I was pretty much pain free. It gets rid of all the tension that's built up if you have like lower back pain or pain in your knees or stuff. Because she does deep tissue and stretching at the same time that the cups are on. Mm. So like she'll put the cups on, let's say your shoulders bothering you all over your shoulder, your chest and your back and then start moving your shoulder and stretching it in different positions and applying pressure herself dude that sounds like awesome i could really use that for like my my upper back like around like my shoulders and neck area oh yeah that you feel like tightness there dude i feel super tight there like i always feel like knots and i do recovery stuff like i always i roll myself out like at least once or twice a week and then i stretch pretty much like once or twice a week um and i do more recovery than the average like athlete or the average like non-sport athlete Uh but i do feel like there's like something like just a a bit of soreness that hinders like my ability to be 100 percent more often which i know being 100 percent is not like completely like realistic all the time no no Um, but i'd like to at least like there'd be times where i'm in the gym where i just feel like 70 80 percent and i'm like damn dude i wish i was like 90 or like 95 percent or like just a little bit like something to like give me that extra edge yeah to where like i i feel like i've um i feel a little bit more like sharp and i feel 
like a little bit more on point and a little bit more present when I'm doing my workout. Yeah, the like the stretching and foam rolling and I mean probably the best way I think is getting a so right or a lacrosse ball for just cuz you can get more areas and deeper. That's kind of like to maintain your body to do that every day or every other day or whatever, but the deep tissue massages or cupping and that sort of stuff, it's it's like a bigger reset that really really helps you. Because like there's to n- fully recover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To do that, I mean, of course, it's not easy to do it often, um, but whenever you can, and then all the other stuff as often as possible, and then the ice bath, the cold showers, a uh, hot bath. I've been doing that lately, like as hot as the water goes for fifteen to twenty minutes. Dude, how's that? It's pretty hard to be honest. It's harder that, than the sauna. I did that the day after the first time we did peak. Oh yeah, um, and dude, it was, and I did it with Epsom salt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, dude! It was hard to breathe. Yeah. Like it felt like the water was like heavier. It's just like the comparison of a cold shower and uh, an ice bath or a cryo and an ice bath. The uh, the other ones are still hard, but because you're submerged in it, the ice bath is so much harder. And I think it's the same thing with well, actually, I wonder like a really really hot sauna, but like. The one at LVAC is only 140 or 150. So I feel like the bath really hot is probably a little harder. Yeah, and plus you're fully submerged and right. all that, like you just said. It just feels kind of like... Dude, it was kind of intense. I felt like I couldn't be in there for like longer than... I felt like I was burning. Like, I mean, you have to build up to it, just like yeah. the sun and all the other stuff. But yeah, 15 minutes, like I was doing one last night and... I like I almost couldn't make it to fifteen minutes, but I had cold water by me, and I was just, yeah, I I got through it. But it's, yeah, it's tough. It feels good though. Like you feel like so like refreshed. The, the next thing is uh, ice bath, and then go straight into a, a hot bath. Bro, I like I watched a <laughs> Wim Hof's like a yes theory video with wim hof uh-huh and they would go straight from the ice bath into the sauna i would love to do that bro yeah it was the, and they were like saying like how it burned so bad it's like when you go like into the cold pool and then you get into the hot tub you right you always feel like tingly and like kind of crazy right yeah yeah totally and like so awake yeah wim hof has a video where for his 61st birthday he did 61 minutes in an ice bath and then he got out and went into a sauna for 30 minutes Dude, that sounds fun. I mean, I, there's no way I could do that. I mean, I totally could not do sauna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do the sauna for 30 minutes, probably. Yeah. I feel like I've done 20-ish. Dude, an hour is ridiculous for an ice bath. Yeah, it is, dude. That, like, that is like kind of like it's almost on the verge human. of insane. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Because he, he must have had 80, 90 pounds of ice in there. He, he was, was like, it was just ice. It wasn't like, it wasn't like water and ice. It was just ice. Pretty much. Yeah, it was in a glacier. Yeah. Or the when he broke the world record. Uh-huh. He like submerged himself fully in ice. Yeah. Which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, but it's all part of the breathing. Like I I see more and more cuz I've been doing the breathing forever and I would do cold showers sometimes and cryo, but in the ice bath you really it's really all about the breathing. Yeah. Well, there's no way to escape it without breathing. Like yeah. there's no way to like allow yourself like i feel like when i get into the the cold shower i will notice my breathing and it kind of helps me like get to that point throughout the day 
but the ice bath it feels like that is all i'm focused on is the breathing yeah there's nothing else to do i feel (laughs) yeah like that's the only thing that like alleviates anything is the breathing and then just the the complete let go and that's what that that that's what i think i get the most out of is like the full encompassment of letting go Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that like I have always kind of struggled with. I don't know why. I just always kind of kind of like had my grip on life kind of thing. Well, and I feel it. like the the ice bath. Um, it like it gives me that opportunity to fully like only the only thing that I know will help me in that like time is to let go and just breathe. And now yeah. like I'm starting to kind of like like slowly like adapt that into my day-to-day mm-hmm. um and i notice so many like psychological benefits yeah it's, it's yeah it helps you remain calm in day-to-day life and the discipline to get in it's pretty tough because the first time we were going to do it i remember just looking at it and thinking i can't believe this is what we're about to do and i know and to know that you don't have to do it or that you could just get out at any time almost makes it harder because it's really just you forcing yourself to do it and yeah and then the the breathing uh, it's interesting how he says that he got the breathing technique from the cold that getting in the cold made him take those deep deep breaths and and that that's how he developed that breathing practice it's all from the cold so it's it's weird to think how there's a lot of different traditions like yoga or uh different meditation forms from like hinduism or buddhism and they're almost they're always involving another kind of entity or something that you're looking towards for guidance but whim kind of developed this from just a weather condition it's just kind of crazy how this the the source is so different but the end result is almost the same yeah, and no, I, and what I think it does is I think it ties into a level that all these kind of like Eastern traditions have is this sense of awareness and then understanding like that everything comes from the same source. Mm-hmm. And I think that like when he says like the, like the cold is my teacher, I think like really what I see that as is the cold is showing you the teacher in yourself. Right. That's what it feels like, like at least in my own journey. Like right. all the answers I've ever needed have always been within and it's just you need the thing or like say it's a deity, Buddha, um Hare Krishna or like whatever it is, like Bhagavad Gita, whatever. Um, you you that thing sh- like mirrors like what you need to see in yourself. It's like uh, yeah. Ramdas has a beautiful story, or a beautiful way of describing um, the difference between like a spiritual like teacher, or like a like a guru, and mm-hmm. then somebody who's like enlightened. Mm-hmm. Is the difference between like a teacher is that they're using you as a mirror for their own spiritual growth. Whereas an enlightened person is the mirror. They're like the cooked, the cooked chicken. They're the, the finished product mm-hmm. of what an enlightened, like what it is that you need in your next step in your journey. Like they're the mirror for you. Right. Like his, his, um, 
his guru who was enlightened um would always like he, he he always stated that being around somebody who's enlightened it's the hardest person to be around because they show you exactly what you aren't right and they show you like where you're still like holding on yeah it's uh yeah it's almost like you could get to the same result with like anything um any religion or any or even like psychedelics too it's kind of the same thing where it's already in you like you already know these things but it just has to be revealed and yeah there's so many different ways of uh getting to that point but yeah with like enlightened people it's it's kind of hard too because so do you think there's many people alive right now that are enlightened i don't know i don't i don't think it like I feel like an enlightened person, like, it's... Because you can't the difference say between, like, an enlightened person and a guru is a guru usually gets, like, praised and, like, looked at as, like, mm-hmm. this is a guru. Um, and usually they're not fully enlightened. Um, right. But an enlightened person doesn't really care, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, it, it's kind of weird that it would be kind of egocentrical to say that you are enlightened. Yeah. So you almost wouldn't know... Yeah, I mean that's a that that's what, um, like Ramdas's, um, guru, he never like stated that he right. was enlightened, but he was just like the finished product. Like, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I've read this uh, book. I forgot what it was called, but it was a Buddhist monk just pretty much ask answering questions that people would ask, and one of them was that that someone claimed after meditating it was like a lot of years but it was a westerner in asia and he no she was claiming that she was enlightened so i forgot how they figured it oh he says that if she was enlightened to just sit there and to wait until um she had a thought um because if you're enlightened you're pretty much fully present and fully aware at least submerged in the now and yeah and it ended up being that after a bit it's it was just kind of like the illusion of being enlightened and you just want to be the the chosen one in a way but that yeah that that, that was pretty much the conclusion that you would only kind of realize that someone is enlightened with how they act but you would never know from like anyone telling you in a way yeah yeah i think that that's most like interesting aspect of spirituality is that i don't believe i believe there isn't really an end to it and i think that the cool thing is that there's so many branches and they all lead to the same thing but there's never really an end and i think like the the, well then what i've noticed on my own spiritual path is the deeper i go down it the less i care about the path Mm -hmm. and the more i'm just experiencing whatever's in front of me i think that's the coolest part wait what do you mean that you don't care what gets you closer yeah it's not that it's just i use everything like the journey itself like the journey itself like i just stopped worrying there was like a part i remember when like i first like kind of started going down this like introspective journey and i'm nowhere close to like a spiritual master or anything i just practice my own little practices and i'm on my own little journey but uh, (laughs) uh i noticed like when i first like noticed that there was something deeper within myself i was obsessed with it and i felt like i was like i have to do this 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 and this and i have to i have to fast and i have to meditate twice a day and 
I can't say curse words or and I can't lie and all this stuff like I just thought that if I like was a the best rule follower ever of spirituality mm-hmm. and I prayed that I would like get like like I would just be deeper into this path and I do believe that those things can um progress you mm-hmm. but would the the farther I, the farther I go down my own inclusive or not inclusive introspective path I notice that the less the things around the journey matter and the more about just being in the journey mm-hmm. and just like being here and it doesn't matter like like what I do because anything I do is a vehicle for my growth right yeah and yeah like it's kind of hard to balance the two but you do need some sort of discipline to be like maximizing your paths because i mean a lot of the time you won't want to meditate or do an ice bath or do something uncomfortable but i mean you do kind of have to do it so it's yeah between the two like, it's kind of uh, being aware when you're stuck like yeah. being like i think one thing that we can do is specifically going from like a lifestyle of not healthy things when mm-hmm. we're pretty much our whole childhood and kind of being ingrained in that Mm -hmm. to things that take us out of that cycle and put us into a much more aware mindful life um i think what it can be is like you kind of get to a point where like you start to think because you like that you did all this stuff and like your specific amount of awareness or you have a really good day it's like oh i can not do all these practices like the next like couple days but then you will like it always you always that's kind of like a trap yeah it is it's like an ego trap it's like i, I made it yeah like, it's I'm, like, I'm good now with all the work that i did it's kind of like working out if you got to a goal of like squatting 400 pounds and you're like well i mean i'm set and you stop i mean within a month or two you're gonna be way down so it's i, f- I feel like it applies to all things in life Literally, yeah it's kind of like your brain is like this muscle mm-hmm. and the less you use it the less strong the muscle is right that's discipline yeah and the discipline comes in so heavy there because yeah i i notice like if i don't meditate for like two days in a row my next third day is filled with much more suffering than the two days before when i was meditating every Mm -hmm. day even if i I, my mind is telling me like i'm good right there's always that like super ego that like everything's fine and you gotta like always like everything's good no matter what but that's just another expression of ego and it's crazy how it's uh, the discipline thing. It's kind of a cycle that most likely all of us go through. That you have all your shit together. You're cleaning uh, your apartment. It's uh, it's spotless. You you're good on laundry. You're working out. You got the kitchen clean. You're eating right. Everything's going well. But then since it's going so well, you let yourself have an out and not do one of them let's say because you've been doing so good and then you do the same with another thing and before you know it a week or two later you almost have none of the habits that it took you so long to build because you felt that you already had them locked in and ironically you lost them and have to rebuild that same cycle all over again for me yeah the tenth time and then that it feels year. harder yeah it feels harder than when you started before because you're like wow i'm like i did all this stuff like and i still got to this this low place and i still don't feel adequate or i don't feel happy for me it's always i always can tell when i've fallen off 
if my anxiety is really high or specific like uh, an intense amount of fear comes back mm-hmm. those are the two like markers and usually and the really shitty part is because you'll notice that it takes you like away from the path mm-hmm. more the more you do it less um so say like you don't meditate for me if i don't meditate like in like for a whole week like i feel so far gone that i don't even think that meditation is the thing that's going to help me anymore because i'm so attached to the ego and i'm listening to it and it's telling me like 10 different other things right yeah it's pretty much don't slack off yeah pretty much and i think that like discipline i had a really good conversation with my sister about discipline and i just described it as like doing what you have to do because you have to do it not because you want to do it mm-hmm. and you will like you dude there's so many you will recognize benefits from killing that inner bitch in your head like yeah discipline equals freedom it's like the jocko willink uh quote it's because if you don't do it you gonna feel like shit and you're still gonna have to do it in the future plus all the other stuff you have to do in the future so yeah, I mean, that's how I feel. Like, if I don't do the shit that I'm supposed to do, I can't enjoy uh, the stuff that's supposed to be fun. Yeah. So, it's th- that's why I totally feel like that's the most simple and most perfect way of saying it, that discipline equals freedom. Because if you don't do your homework or your laundry or stuff, and then you sit down and watch Netflix, all you're going to be thinking of is that you have to do that so you're not enjoying that, and you're also falling behind. So, that's why, I mean, you, I feel like you can't, try to do stuff to have fun if all that is kind of waiting for you totally and like you you state a really good uh observation about enjoying the things that you want or that are supposed to be fun because i notice that so deeply i notice that like like say well first of all like the things that i find fun now are so different than like a year ago Mm -hmm. but um like just like being around friends you know at first like you think well like you'll get like this really like kind of like high feeling when you're around friends for like the first time in a while or like Uh whatever um and so a lot of the time when something feels good you always come back and so you like you keep doing that and you keep doing that and then it ends up being like you partying with your friends is the only thing you do for fun Um, yeah and it's the only like there is no discipline because it it's always fun in air quotes and you see like groups like that like groups of friends who don't have like their own individuality and it's like always about like the The group group, yeah Mm -hmm. you notice like how much like more toxic those are than people who have like their own like boundaries and Mm self-worth and overall like daily routine like even in my personal like relationship with my girlfriend Mm -hmm. we are best when we're each doing the most for ourselves yeah, there's no other way. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important with, um, I feel like any kind of relationship or friendship that, like, if you're both not working towards something kind of similar in a way, at least you understand each other's path, that it's, I mean, it's definitely a huge boundary. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's really important, man. Yeah. And also, like, I like to kind of like hop into the topic about boundaries. Boundaries have been like the. It's funny. It's actually I was thinking about talking about boundaries, 
today oh, on this podcast. I was like, mm, maybe we could talk about boundaries. Anyways, um, tar- uh, boundaries have kind of been like the safekeepings of my life and understanding like these are things I will do and these are things I will not do. Okay. Like getting like super drunk, like like I keep saying like uh, getting super drunk is like something that is not in my boundaries anymore and that's been kind of like a hard like teeter-totter for me because Mm -hmm. so many of my friends drink kind of excessively or like go out to get drunk yeah and me like if i do go drink i'll have like one drink Mm -hmm. or maybe maybe max like two or three like but never get like Like yeah like never like that (laughs) um and it's just been such a difficult boundary to set and it's been like but it showed me that when i do set those boundaries i get this like personal like reward and feeling of like like i feel much more self-worth yeah and you're proud of your decision later on totally yeah it's that that's big dude um yeah especially the drinking and drinking and gambling i feel around us here it's, it's so easy to fall into cuz i mean dude really easy there's a dotties right around the corner dude there's, there's a, like 40 <laughs> of them dude yeah everywhere you go there's a fucking dotties like right next to like a gas station it's like how did this dotties get here bro i can't believe that like, the first time i found out that like people in our friend group or around us around our age you go there i was like wait what Dude, there's no way yeah. I've ever heard of any. Oh, I had okay. a buddy who like we always made a joke about going to Dottie's, uh-huh. but we never actually went because mm-hmm. like it's fucking. Dotties. No, I have a coworker. Okay. Um, and like some of our friends. Okay. Um, tell me after. But, yeah, yeah. Don't want to expose them nah, for going no, no. to Dottie's. No, because that's the worst thing anyone <laughs> could know about you. <laughs> <Literally. laughs> you so. could you could do the worst thing possible, but if you got a Dottie's dog. Bro. That's way worse than... No, that's than... the lowest point of your life. I know, dude. That's that's <laughs> so bad. It's a oh, 23-year-old and a bunch of 50-year-olds hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, the audio cut out. And Hopefully that's not We good. wanted to uh, finish his sentence because it would have been kind of messed up if we didn't. Yeah, I blocked um, out and then Ryan started showing me his incense collection. <laughs> yeah. I, got a, I, I actually purposely like stopped it so I could show him, but I, I didn't like... I was so eager to show him that I couldn't wait for him to finish the sentence. <laughs> but it's yeah, a really good it. smelling incense and I, I had. Just staring at the incense. Ah, uh, but yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. To go back to the whole drinking thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you feel like old as you get old, like older? Well, I've never. I was like kind of a big drinker. Like I liked it, but I've always had kind of like a love hate relationship with it, which I feel is like what most people do have with it. Mm-hmm. I don't see a benefit of it. Yeah, just because I never had a drinking phase, um, and I've been drunk maybe twice. Like fully, like drunk, drunk. Yeah. No, I mean I've I haven't really drank at all, bro. Um, that's why I still like it whenever, um, it comes up like for a birthday or for New Year's or something. But other than that, I mean, I don't care for it. Like yeah. I mean, I could live the rest of my life without having another drink. Yeah, I totally could, no too. Problem. I actually feel like a part of me, like, thinks in, like, the future that I will be completely sober. Yeah. I I don't know if I, like, I would plan on it, but, I mean, it might be years in between drinks or... Or maybe just, like, the one time or twice a year. 
It's cool, but I mean, I feel like it's such a overrated substance. Dude, it's just because it's so accessible. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's because it's so accessible that it's, like, so easy to, like, like enjoy it so much. And there's mm-hmm. such a culture around it, dude. There's such a culture of, like, oh, let's get fucked up. Or, like, dude, football revolves right. around getting drunk. Right. And, like, um... <laughs> fuck, dude. I just senses. feel like the smoke is surrounding me. I know, dude. It is, bro. Um, yeah, there's just such a, such a culture around it. And I feel sometimes, like, weird for being the one friend that's like, eh, fuck that. Like, I don't want to get drunk. Yeah, I mean. Well, because it's, like, part of everything almost. And even, like, for people that just go on the weekends, like, to the strip to walk around or hang out, like, everything always involves alcohol. Like, if you're just walking, if you're at a show, if you're at a comedy show, if you're at a bar, if you're at a nightclub, if you're at dinner, like, everything involves alcohol here. That's why... I don't, I don't really like uh, much of that, to be honest, bro. Yeah, it's nothing. It's like you have to drink to do everything. It's never been, like, an interest of mine. Well, it had, it was, but now, like, now it's not an interest of mine at all. I think once I, like, started, like, noticing, it kind of takes me away from, like, introspection. It, totally. like, takes me away from mindfulness. And I don't, I mean, I try to live my whole life mindfully. And so, like, things that take me away from it, I feel like I notice or I have a much more, like, deeper disliking for now right like drinking uh social media oh yeah all that shit it's like how people say that alcohol is just a social lubricant and it's uh i mean i i feel like it does have its use but i mean it's way more abused than used as a tool for sure and that's the biggest thing with it dude for sure but that's uh all substances i guess you can abuse and not yeah, I mean, because that's the thing with drugs that I'm sure we've talked about for the past years on here, but that it could, there's no good or bad substance. They're not inherently good or bad. It's how you use it, what dose, and for what reason. Um, like, cocaine was used for the longest time by dentists to numb people, um, and it's also used to get fucked up. Yeah, literally. Uh, for weed, the same thing. You could kind of handle your anxiety or your pain, or you could be high all day and not do anything. Yeah, literally. It, that's it's a, not the drug that's bad. It's you that's being an idiot or re- being responsible. Or, like, not having good relationships with those substances. I think substances can be beautiful teachers, but I also think with that, with it being a teacher, like, sometimes the teaching is not positive. Like, the same thing with, like, psychedelics. I don't really believe there's such a thing as a... Like, a bad trip. I think a bad trip is, like, there's something that your actual experience is, like, holding on to mm-hmm. that is making it feel like a bad trip. But it's not actually bad. Right. It's showing you an aspect of yourself where you're not, like, ready to see. Yeah, that you maybe didn't want to see or that you've been trying to ignore, but it just, like, puts it in your face. Yeah, same thing with weed. Like, I've noticed that, too, like... There'll be times where I, like, I'll smoke and I'll get super anxious. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, this is showing me that I'm holding on to something. I'm holding on to, like, a, 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 a vision of what I think life is way too deeply. And I need to, like, completely let go in this moment because that's the only thing that ever really feels good. That's what I think most of the paranoia is, is, like, just stuff that you're holding on to. I don't think 
it's necessarily that you smoke and you freak out and you're like, oh man, I never want to do that again. I feel like that's already in you and it's just bringing it out. Or like yeah. It's making you address it. Yeah, it's making you finally like look at it. Yeah, like look at this shit. It's like there's a lot like of people who say like they'll be super negative on themselves when they're smoking. Or like kind of beat themselves up over things. And I, I, I used to be like that too. Like I would smoke and I wouldn't do anything. I'd play fucking video games pretty much all day and then i'd be like wow dude i'm so anxious and i'm just like i feel like so behind and all these things and i'd be i'd be high and it'd be like a hundred percent that's how you feel like no but in that case truth. you should feel like that yeah and like you should feel like shit because if you're not doing anything why would you feel happy and proud yeah that would almost be worse if you're to be like damn this is so good i'm having such a good time everything's so good and you're not accomplishing anything Literally. So it's like the weed is telling you, like, bro, you gotta get the fuck up and start doing stuff. You can't, you can't keep keep going down this route and abusing this and abusing yourself. And yeah, it'll be a good teacher until it's time for it to be like a, until you're failing the class. You know what I mean? Yeah, or not doing stuff just to smoke. Well, yeah. I mean that's li- literally every other substance too, or activity. Yeah, literally. Gambling or anything. The gambling's a bad one. I I really, like, catch myself, like, when I'm gambling. Did you gamble? I I did for a little bit, but nothing, like, crazy. Like, I never got, like... What do you do? High stakes? Texas Hold'em? No, I would do the fucking, like, roulette machine. Oh, really? Like, the the one that's, like, a $5 or $1 (laughs) buy-in. Yeah. Dude, I can't picture you on it. No, I just would play it, like, with my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. But there was this one time... (laughs) Dude, I got fucked. Literally (laughs) fucked. Okay, so literally? I literally fucked, dude. Okay. okay, so I was, uh, I got there, and I was like, I'll put $20 in. So I put $20 in, I turn it into 60 Okay. And then I turn the 60 into 100 Cool. So I'm at $20, I'm at 100 I'm like, fuck it, dude. Like, I'm doing good. I'm going to keep going. So we go back on there, bro. I turned my $100 into zero. And I was like, it showed me that, like, I need to fucking chill, like, it's not there's that, like I already reached this super high high. I turned I times my money by five and I wasn't happy enough with that. Like It's never enough. Bro. Yeah, it was like it wasn't enough. I was like, Well I have a hundred, now I can make two hundred. Right. Now I can make four hundred, a thousand, ten thousand, whatever. And so I'm just thinking like this whole time I'm like whatever and I can see that it's just me being super attached to like the outcome instead of like okay, well if, like if my, my when I go to to the casino i now have a rule twenty dollars and if i lose my twenty dollars that's it mm-hmm. but i never once i get over like say like i make sixty dollars i'm like i'm good yeah like it's always and you'll start to like rationalize with yourself you'll you'll be like okay well especially in like the roulette machine that i play it's like okay well i got up to 40 so I'll mm-hmm. keep going until I get back down to 20. And if I get back down to 20, I'll stop. And right. you're like, well, I'm already at 20. Like, why just go with what I came with? And then you, like, always give yourself, like, a new rule set. And it's just a really, like, addictive mindset. Right, dude. Like, this family friend that we have, like, he only works to gamble. And I was thinking the other day, like, the position, like, how you would be all day if all you were thinking of is the next time you're going to go play slots or whatever you play and to have the constant highs and lows, like that you won two thousand dollars but you lost three thousand, and then you won a thousand, then you lose two thousand, and going back and forth, 
that that seems like torture to be going through highs and lows constantly yeah it'd be really hard i feel to deal with an addiction like that yeah i also feel like looking at it from that perspective or looking at it from a perspective of not having it like when you're in like that state it dude it just doesn't feel like that yeah i mean it just feels like that's the only thing that matters yeah it's pretty interesting addiction itself is like a a crazy little paradox of like it's kind of like a different avenue of life Mm -hmm. that just has like this like weird i don't know it's like it's like dark energy but it's also beautiful and then it's dark and then it's beautiful it's like it's like bipolar ass energy when it's within all of us for good and bad like you could be addicted like a lot of time in martial arts i've heard this where they're like oh you're really dedicated and and like they're like no bro you're addicted like you're not this isn't dedication you're obsessed and it's but it could also go the other way with drugs or um yeah anything bad and it's like in in the times that we live in i feel like you can't be a monk and living in a cave somewhere just meditating all day i think you need to know how to control social media alcohol gambling and all that because i mean it's it's around us you can't ignore it either so it's knowing how to control it i feel like it's better than just saying no no none of that for me i'm too pure or spiritual like it's well i mean whatever you can do whatever you want but i just feel like it's it's so in our society that it's better to know how to control than to just be scared of it yeah it's i think like being scared of anything is probably like not the best um mentality to have um doesn't mean i feel like i I don't think that there you ever have to like get into something like if you know something that just doesn't work for you probably shouldn't get into it um but like to be like not willing to even like look at it is Mm -hmm. like interesting i don't understand that mentality There's, there's a lot of people who like well like a lot of the time usually like exposing yourself to what you're afraid of is the thing that makes you less afraid of it so right yeah so exposure to that would be cool and something that like i think is beneficial but yeah gambling dude is fucked like i don't think i'll ever get into it like deep i'm just scared of it dude i'm saying you're scared of it it. yeah oh i'm falling into it on the addiction yeah i I mean i've gambled too um but is there anything you say you would say that you're like that that is not positive that you've been addicted to video games when i was younger video games yeah that's why i don't have a console or anything or a pc now Mm. see in that way i've already gone through it so that's why like i feel like i can't let myself again because i mean i was like for sure an issue like a bunch i think it was a few years where i was playing eight to ten hours a day of different pc games yeah um and I know that's within me, so I feel like I could control it now, but I just don't want to even battle through it. Yeah. Like, I'd rather miss out on the fun that gaming is than to constantly be thinking that I'm wasting my life away. Yeah, I've totally felt that, too, like, specifically with, like, well, one thing was smoking. Like, mm-hmm. I always felt like, because I smoked pretty frequently, probably, like, every day mm-hmm. for, like, probably two years and then coming out of it i noticed that i didn't have a healthy relationship with it and that i probably wouldn't ever have a great relationship with it again like it would like it to i would never be able to do it 
at the amount I did it and have a good relationship with it. Uh-huh. And um, that, like, affected my tolerance. And then that also affected, like, my role in, like, my friend groups because a lot of my friend groups revolved around meeting up to smoke mm-hmm. and being the one guy who is a little bit more introspective and notices in himself that it doesn't necessarily work or transpire that well. Um, it was kind of like a a hard pill to swallow that like I had I may have lost my deeper connection to these friends because I was the one guy who didn't who couldn't smoke like the amount that other people did because first of all my tolerance was was really low or the guy who like was just the one guy who didn't smoke you know what I mean uh-huh. and that was another like thing I had to like get over but it was really like a I would say it was kind of a battle it's it's way better like now because i have like that kind of not strict but like that boundary of like i don't really care Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot i don't really socialize as much with like groups of friends that only smoke when they hang out so i feel like it's a lot better but yeah dude if you think about like a lot of people's friendships and like life revolves around the thing they're addicted to totally like video games all you do video games for sure like all of the things we talked about i feel yeah or women too like strip clubs especially here oh yeah dude that's another huge one um i feel like the strip club experience is super mid <laughs> like it's not that great no no have you never gone no oh yeah that's another one that it's all right it's not like i'm i'm definitely not against it or anything but it's another thing that i, I mean i'm fine if i never go to it it's like not really that interesting to me yeah it's not i don't really care for it that much it's something that i look at as like it's kind of well now i look at it more negatively but even when i like went to it for the first couple times i was like it's totally just all right like (laughs) like it's not this big thing like the first time i went i was like wow dude naked chicks like this is insane Mm -hmm. and like i could just pay to see them i was like wow but then the second time i went i was like i started like actually like having some conversations with like the strippers and it just like I could tell like they're they they didn't care about you and you really don't care about them, and this it was just like, like an ex- it, yeah it was like a transaction and like an exchange of energy that felt meaningless and I was like yeah I could totally go without this for the rest of my life. Yeah, I just feel like being in there, all I would be thinking is what am I doing here? Yeah, that's how I envision it. Because I definitely don't feel like like it's morally wrong or anything. Like bro, you do whatever you want with your body and your life. Um, so it's not really that at all. It's just, I don't see the point. Yeah, I don't have any, like, moral... Uh, I don't really have, like, a moral stance against anything. Yeah, I, I mean, feel yeah, like, right. actually, sometimes you have to go through certain addictions or, like, I think going through things, like, addiction, being, like, super into like, strip clubs or whatever it is, to figure out that those things don't please you, mm-hmm. and then that leads you into what actually does. That could if it doesn't totally fuck you. Yeah, totally. Like, usually suffering leads to non-suffering. Because once you've suffered for a specific amount of time, you don't want to suffer the same anymore. Like, you're sick of suffering. So Right, and you know how bad it can be, so you don't want to be like that anymore. And then that mm-hmm. kind of push it. It can push you to be better. Yeah, like looping all the way back to the beginning of the podcast when we were talking about Wim, Wim Hof. Um, he talked about, he talks about how, like, 
he came from such like a dark place like after his wife died and everything mm-hmm. that he just enjoys everything now because he he knows like what kind of suffering there is out there right and so the amount of compassion and empathy he has for like all of life and humans and total energy like he, he he sees it as like a beautiful thing and i've kind of like taken that like that mentality into my own life where it's like the the over smoking um video game addiction fucking drinking just like unhealthy lifestyle eating bad everything that like that like made me suffer so much it i'm actually really happy i went through it because it led me to this point now where right. i feel like this there's a specific way of living that i i want to have now yeah that reminds me of uh, david goggins that he's always talking about how hard life is and why you need discipline why you need to push hard just all like stuff like i mean i'm sure if you heard of david goggins you know but i heard this thing where he was saying why do people oh that he was uh, getting asked why don't you ever talk about the good times the happy times and he said you don't need me for the good times motherfucker you already know how to enjoy those like yeah like we're here for all the shit that sucks and yeah i mean because there's i forgot where i was going with that but well it's just like your level of presence is it's so easy to enjoy the present moment when it's good but to allow the present moment when it's bad seems nearly impossible if you haven't practiced it like when you're anxious and and instead of like just acting out or like acting in a way that doesn't feel right or doing things or whatever mm-hmm. and like actually sitting there with your anxiety when it's uncomfortable and being in the present moment even when it's it's not ideal that's yeah. a really hard task to to start to learn how to do but the more you do it the better it is because ultimately the present moment is the only thing that there is right. it's always that's all that there is it's always Oh, yeah, it was on the good and bad, on knowing uh, that we're going to go through bad times, that that's the only thing that can truly make you enjoy good times, is the bad times. So, it's, um, like, yeah. if life was all good, it wouldn't be good, it would just be what it is. But since there's good and bad, there's a comparison of how bad it can be, so then that makes you enjoy the good times even more. Yeah, like that shit with the AI, and like, the 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 tech or elon musk nanotech oh the Neuralink. yeah the Neuralink. um i see that and i'm like i would never want that because you could totally like bypass bad times but then what would a good time be and everyone would just be like this like kind of numb thing yeah i don't or that's that's gonna be weird it would lead everyone into enlightenment instantly which i don't think would actually be what i mean that'd be amazing if that was possible but like after all the Black Mirror episodes where I they know, show dude. how it can go, I feel like most likely it wouldn't be good. Yeah, I feel I feel unconfident, very, very unconfident. But you know, that's really cultural that in Japan, they look at AI as a savior for humanity. And in the West, we look at it as something that's going to destroy us, like kind of the Terminator vibe. So, I mean, they're both possible. Where yeah, they are our savior, they're going to be what... Im- improves our lifespan our health our happiness our resources or they take over and we all die and i th- well, <laughs> what i think honestly is like it'll be like a combination kind of like how life is now like certain things are really helpful and then certain things aren't and that's like kind of just how the universe flows there's ups and downs there has to be 
darkness for there to be light. There has to be light for there to be darkness. Right, yeah, there's no way it, it's just going to be good or bad, I feel. Yeah, I don't think so. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, we, we covered a lot of stuff. Bro. We did. I felt like this was a good podcast. Um, Go ahead and let us know what you think. Let us know if you like this whole kind of new direction we're heading in. We're doing a little bit more conversation-based, I think, and overall a new theme instead of the even-handed. It is now the Mindfully Fit podcast. Yeah, yeah. Anything you got to say before we head out? Uh, yeah, any uh, topics. I mean, we've covered a lot of, like, the cold, uh, the heat, uh, like, the different temperatures for, um, like, the baths of working out and stuff. Like, if there's any other topics anyone wants to hear about, that would definitely help us out. Hell yeah. Yeah. We would love Appreciate that. you guys listening. All right. Well, everyone have a beautiful rest of your day and a beautiful rest of your life. See? Ya. <laughs>